3: To the inspired evolution, and it is such a treat to be here today. Today, we're blessed with the bias from Jason Campbell. Jason, how are you, brother? I'm
2: fully energized, woke, and this is great. I love the way you introduce this. You just get people's attention right away, and you certainly got mine. We don't fuck around, so here we are. For those tuning into Jason for
3: the first time, he's the host of Impact at Work, right? And for the like, definitely go check this out. It's Mind Valley's content channel about professional growth and workplace skills, and I really want to talk about why that's so important in and around everything that Mind is doing but he also leads global partnerships and supports author success within the mind value ecosystem brother there is so much more to what's going on to you than just your bio so it is such a treat to have you here how are you going
2: I'm doing really well. I mean, we're here in Pula, Croatia. Uh, we're in the middle of Valley University, yep. which is usually always a hectic time. <laughs> like, you would think if you're spending a month in a beautiful coastal city to just go and listen to seminars that it would be all sunshines and rainbows. Yeah. But even as someone who's part of organizing the event, mm-hmm. I still listen to the talks. Mm-hmm. So then you're listening to these messages and it's not just about like, let's listen to this and feel inspired. Yeah. It's kind of like, let's listen to this and do the work. Yeah,
3: there's lots of work to be done.
2: Yeah. So for me, every time these moments happen, it's like, all right, let's see what growth is on the other side of both the good times the bad times so I've just been riding the wave it's been amazing mm-hmm.
3: yeah it's incredible even just like I've noticed that there is so much on offer at the moment especially being at Mind Value and even I'm, I, I'm struggling to make every single content piece mm-hmm. like there are so many things that are being delivered but even the pieces that I make it along to there's a whole integration afterwards. It's like, wow, okay, where did that land? How does that settle into my system? What have I just learned? And how does that impact me going forward? How do you like... You know, you have author relationship um in the back there. Like, what's the process in terms of finding these amazing people to come on and share like such incredible valuable content from all over the world?
2: Yeah, I mean, as Mind Valley as a platform, I mean we're trying to recognize the top leaders, the top people that can really impact people's lives. And yeah. you know, for me I work on the professional kind of workplace skills, but Mind Valley as a whole is everything, personal mm-hmm. growth, right? yeah Um, so we always have our eyes out for like who are the people doing amazing things, getting a lot of reach, having a message that we really feel important to bring out there so it's it's a careful balance because if you look in the personal growth industry um there, there's two biggest things we want to look for. is how impactful, structured, authentic, amazing is what that person is delivering. Mm-hmm. And second is how many people are they reaching? Right. And, and most people will be like, well, that's a bit biased. But the fact is, is we want to reach a billion lives. So yeah. we look for people that already have audiences that are already attracted to the personal growth movement. Mm-hmm. And we want to combine as much of this industry together uh-huh. so we can become one big platform that changes lives. Yeah. But the first component is the most important because... Uh, if you've looked into the industry where people try to promote at like promote transformation, yep. I've seen a lot of people do it, but not necessarily care about the impact they make on people's lives. Mm. I've seen people operate from a selfish place or or from a just needing to take care of their own needs place mm-hmm. whether that's financial whether that's you know uh, ego space, mm-hmm. but you see these people are able to promote themselves, get a big reach, but not necessarily really deliver transformation mm. and you want to be careful about that yeah. and i do mention this because i know for me like I, i've done an exercise where i got clear on what is one of the contributions mm. i want to bring to the world yeah and um for, without sugarcoating i hate douchebag marketers <laughs> <laughs> like i hate the ickiness is what life. he's referring and, to that and, ickiness that you can feel <laughs> please let the record state i am yeah. a salesperson <laughs> i love sales so much but yeah. i understand that it can be a power that can really impact people's lives in the mm. good and the bad. Yeah, and so how do you make more of the good come out? Find the good teachers and give them a platform to get out there as much as possible.
3: Yeah, amazing. And I think um, I think there's something really potent that you've talked to in there as well in terms of having like even just reaching out to people that have reach, there's like a whole connotation in terms of that, like you said, can be biased. But I think fundamentally, when you're clear about what your intention is, and what's driving that, I think that can eradicate all the kinks in the carpet, you know, in terms of what you're really trying to do.
2: Well, and you also have to admit the fact that if I'm saying, okay, I'm sitting here, and I'm like, I want to change world. I have an important message. And now you take no action, except just reach out to the biggest player and say, I'm an important person and I want to change the world. You shouldn't listen to me. Mm. To me, when I see someone that's actually put in the work has gotten some traction shows, not only have they crafted their message and crafted the way they deliver it so that it actually creates a ripple where they're impacting lives, but it also means that they've done the work on themselves too yeah. to go through those types of barriers that I know they're ready for the bigger platform. So, mm. you know, the, the, the message on that second part is just, yeah, we want to work with people that have started doing traction, have put in the work, and, you know, they're actually getting up there.
3: And then basically their work is vetted by the people that they're trying to reach already, right? There's a certain validation that yeah. happens in itself. Totally makes sense. Yeah. That's brilliant. I'd love to ask you a question that, you know, is just burning inside me. And I know that, you know, it might make this episode a bit chop in terms of we started here. <laughs> There. But the reality is, like, you've been with Mind Valley for quite some time. Do you ever look back on your personal growth, mm. being in a, such a potent personal growth
2: company? Yeah. Like, who you've become? <laughs> no, I didn't grow at all. <laughs>
3: <laughs> just Self-awareness? Safe, what are you talking about? Guy. <laughs> and, look, okay, I,
2: I did mention already, I'm a salesperson. Yeah. <laughs> and my background is real estate. Right. And so meditation, mindfulness, practice, spirituality, try to mix that in the real estate world. It's not, <laughs> not there yet. I'll say yet. But you know, I, I, came back from this really like type of, I was this type of guy who would watch like scenes from boiler rooms to mm-hmm. get pumped up or yeah. I'd watch, you know, a Glen Gary, Glenn Ross opening scene. <laughs> like what does it take to sell real estate? It takes brass balls. Um, and what's funny is I used to follow Mind Valley, and I was really inspired by their marketing. It was their marketing that attracted right. me, Right. And it's so funny because I ended up going through an interview process and fact is I'm pretty good at interviews. Again, that salesmanship does come in handy. Yeah. Um, and I had experience with launching products, doing marketing. And I was like, wow, I really like this vision guy. Mm-hmm. He's doing amazing stuff. And I'm like, I want in by the time I got hired, I still didn't know what my body sold. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm in so what do we sell? All, all I knew was that there was this crazy festival called a fest or yeah. awesomeness fest. And I was like, I want in. This yeah. Like coolest <laughs> thing ever. yeah, And so the moment I walked into mind Valley, I went to a fest and I meditated for the first time. Right. And I was like, Oh, and I did a visualization for the first time. And I was like, this is really cool. A mm. couple Couple of magic moments started happening. Doing the visualization, future pacing, doing like those mindfulness practices, and I'm like, wow, I'm starting to have things come into my life very effortlessly. Yeah. Maybe it's a coincidence, but I like it. Uh-huh. So those were the initial hints. But I'll be quite honest with you: for the first four four years at Mind Valley, I didn't embrace personal growth the way that I should. Right. Here's the attitude that I came up with is that I was in my mid twenties mm-hmm. and I'm feeling like this hotshot, smart marketing sales guy Yeah. and I'm looking at all the products we're selling around personal growth and mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, these are great for pro for broken people. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, thank God I have arrived here. I am this genius marketer who's going to bring these amazing tools to the people in need. I'm such a glorious person. That's yeah. so great to the masses by sharing all this. and." <laughs> Obviously, that awareness wasn't there. Um, And so I I really had a moment for me where it's like I I had reality come and slap me back. I was living very inauthentically. And I ended up um, ending a relationship that um, I I betrayed my partner Mm -hmm. in in a way that I'm extremely unproud of. And it it was a lot of pain and suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I am very grateful for is the fact that because I was surrounded with all these tools, um, I was in a position where I went, you know what? I'm going to accept full responsibility on this on every way possible. Yeah. And, and I wish I could say that. Yeah. then I just rose from the ashes. Yeah. I just like, I started like, for lack of a better word, I started eating the dirt. Yeah. Like, and I just went like, I had a lot of self-loathing plus self-hatred. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going to use this fuel, which is not necessarily a sustainable fuel, sure. but I'm like, I'm going to use this to recreate who the hell Jason Campbell is. into mm-hmm. somebody greater than what I currently am. Yeah. And that's when I started embracing personal growth. Right. And then I started, you know, I was much more humble in the process. And then, mm. you know, I went through things like awakening the species, you Neil know, Donald Don Walsh, read conversations with God. I, Incredible. My mind got blown. I now yeah. have some sort of spiritual identity that I never thought was important before. Right. Uh, then I started going into a uh, life book. Mm. Uh, this is a process that mind I mean, divide your life in 12 categories. Change my life. Right. Yeah. And so then I have a bit of a blueprint of my ego. Mm -hmm. But then I also started bringing, like, I I think the spiritual side was really important to me Mm -hmm. because even all these tools and personal growth, like I always remind myself, I'm like, wow, all these needs, these wants, these visions, they're all great. And they're all part of my ego. But at the same time, I've gotten so much value out of going for the chase, but the goal didn't matter. But I, the process of me going through all these different things has just bring me so much growth. Yeah. Um. And so this is a very long answer to your your question, no, it's which brilliant. was it
3: wasn't a simple question. <laughs> it wasn't. But
2: the fact is, is today I am always into personal growth, and you know I have become more clear on values. I I have access to tools to like you, you see a lot of people saying find your purpose, and I'd always be like shut up, like <laughs> I, I'm hearing that in every talk find your purpose, like tell me what to do. Yeah. Uh. And I realized this. Sometimes you just need to get going, just start doing something and you start unraveling the puzzle as you go. Yeah. Um, so the action for me was just like, you know, following that episode. Then I started realizing like, Hey, I am deserving of self love, which at the end of the day was the biggest issue. Mm. And the root of all this stuff was just my overcompensation for lack of self love. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it, but it wasn't like, Oh, if I do this, everything's solved. It's like, no, just keep doing, Yeah. just keep doing, keep moving. If it feels right, keep going on that path. Mm. And then, you know, one thing led to another, and now I could, you know, I, I I've gotten a lot of compliments, uh, especially at this event, where people are like, "Wow, you physically changed," and I'm like, "That was the last step." Yeah. You know? <laughs> um. So yeah, that's been a bit of the journey, and that's what we were, I'm very blessed about being part of this ecosystem and yeah. access to.
3: Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot that speaks in there. Obviously the. The blessing of being able to like being caught by such an ecosystem with so much amazing tools available to you Mm. at your hands. You go through something as deep as, like you said, when you're eating dirt. Um, And, you know, those sometimes those Kenshove moments are really what take us to what we need to really unveil and uncover. But I also think the really poetic thing that you're speaking to and the really deep thing is just can like just show up and keep chewing away, you know, just keep doing the work, keep doing the work bit by bit because. You know, if it feels right, it kind of is leading you in the right direction. Mm. Um, I've had this, I, yeah, it a yeah, was we were at My brows talk the other day, and yeah, just mind blown after mind blown after mind blown.
2: <laughs> totally.
3: <laughs> and um, he talked about how the, the you know there's a difference between um, what you do and how you do it. Yeah, and both are. They're both are very valuable. It's not just what you're doing, which for me was like purpose, yeah. but how you show up is equally as important. And I was like, okay. And then I got him on a podcast and he goes, actually, the second is even more important your attitude towards how you show up. And I was like, holy cow, purpose is important, but how you're showing up and just consistently feeling into that process open this whole new can of worms and the word surrender for me, mm. which has just been like, you know, again, you know, this is my Mel university and this is just like a moment in time. And like these moments are just cascading all over the place.
2: Right. Well, actually I just thought of something I feel just came to me and I think would be valuable. And I'm going to try to say this in the best way possible. That's but true. What The purpose kind of seems like setting your north star, right? Mm. But the point isn't to get to that star. It's to sail the sea. Oh. Um.
3: Oh absolutely. So, been, I just did a live on that as well and I totally agree with you. And so basically what I was tuning into was that yeah, exactly what you were sharing is that purpose is not an outcome. Mm-hmm. Purpose is uh it's a it's a guiding like you said, the North Star. And that actually okay, so let's get super deep in this conversation. Um I have this fundamental belief that we're the universe looking in on ourselves. You read conversations with God, it's yes. like Yeah, so like we are all and Deep at the core of this human experience, then is your curiosity, mm. right? Like the universe is innately curious before it's creative, before it's anything else, it wants to look in on itself. So, just that it's like impregnated with curiosity. And so, when you're curious, there's this natural fulfillment of your curiosity, and the guiding north star of that is your purpose for mm. sure. But purpose is something that, especially like the inspired evolution, completely driven by purpose, bro. Mm. Right? It's like, what is it that you're here to do? But then I realized you're never going to fulfill your curiosity because why are you alive? You're mm-hmm. always going to be curious. Yeah. So it's like these little, like that's such a profound insight for me. And thank you so much for sharing that. And it's like these moments are happening at my mother, you like right, and center. And,
2: and I want to even put this in another framework. Cause we talked about professor Rao, right? Yeah. So if you think about it, there's two ways you can kind of live life and two types of purposes you can choose. Uh-huh. One of them, like, which is a, a typical one, which is like, go get money. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then what happens is when you get that amount of money it's never enough right so you need to get more money more money and where I make the parallel to Professor Rao's teachings is he's talked about how we all within us have two entities we have the dog and the wolf Mm. and what he says is that if you have a fight between a dog and the wolf the one who wins is the one you feed the most when you set purpose or intentions around things such as I just need to get more money I just need to get more power (laughs) it's literally the best food you can give to something like a wolf within you and then when you reach the point that you had an initially set a goal or a purpose of a certain amount of money, you get there, you're left with non-fulfillment yeah. and then you need more and you're never reaching it, but it's always a spiring loop of chaos and yeah. discontent. But when you're setting purposes in a way that is aligned with feeding the dog, which is I'm trying to inspire lives or it's a goal that you'll never reach. But if you realize that the whole process of going towards is it is feeding a dog like yeah. crazy and you're just becoming more and more satisfied with the entire chase. So yeah. it's not a chase that brings chaos. It's a chase that brings clarity. Sweet. Amazing. Thank you so much. And so
3: in and around that, I'm going to use that as a segue to get to basically, he also talks about um, Models. And how everything is just models, right? And then certain things, was like, it's about tuning into what serves you.
2: Let's be clear, not Instagram models.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, tuning into what serves you. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But, yeah, like, everything, like, is just concepts and mm-hmm. bringing that into what serves you. Now, I really want to use that as a segue into the conversation of you conduct a lot of interviews yourself, brother, mm-hmm. you know, and... I am in completely, or I'm in complete awe of the interview process. In terms of, I feel like the other person opens up, some part of you opens up in a conversation. You have an energetic transaction. Of course, this incredible thing happens, and you learn so much again and again and again and again. And I'm not saying that this is a process of becoming more intelligent, but there are quotes that say basically the. Litmus for intelligence is holding two opposing thoughts at any given time Mm. and being able to sit between those two opposing thoughts. And I know you interview a lot of different people from a lot of different walks of life. Um, What have you found in and around this? Because there's so many models that you'd be introduced to in terms of this is good in the workplace and then that's good in the workplace and someone's philosophy doesn't necessarily gel with someone else's, but they're still both valid. How do you navigate and who are you becoming through these interviews? Do you reflect back on this process?
2: Yeah. Well, one thing I've noticed is, and this is just a pattern and I know it's not just in the professional world space, mm-hmm. is I've been interviewing a lot of people and I, I've done over, the, I've done this over three years now. So yeah. I'm probably close to around 40 thought leaders that I've interviewed for this show specifically. Yeah. And there's a part of me that went like, hmm, I feel like there's a lot of repetition and content because there's a lot of them that speak of a certain methodology to find values, mm-hmm. certain methodologies to find purpose, yeah. certain methodologies to find yourself, certain methodologies to love yourself. And it's like these patterns come up, but they all have a different approach to it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, but maybe people need something different now. Right. And like a part of me that's selecting these authors. I'm like, okay, I don't need another person talking about the same thing. And then I'm realizing like, you know what? every body kind of resonates to a different model. Mm. But the answer that they all strive towards is always the same. Mm. And it's always about trying to find yourself a way, as we said, to feed the dog more than the wolf. They all have a different way of doing it. But I think that repetition is necessary. And and I want to give an example that's outside the interview process. But I was going through... uh, I went through Professor Rao's course. Mm. And it was all about personal mastery. (coughs) Excuse me. I'm also going through marissa pierce course which is uncompromised life Mm -hmm. guess what it's about the same thing honestly and then i'm like oh yeah a lot of mental models we have a lot of self-chatter we have a a lot of self doubt and so what i've noticed is that there's everybody has a different way of trying to achieve the same thing and that's okay because everybody resonates it with a different thing and i think one of the biggest things when it comes to the professional life that i've Mm -hmm. noticed that people are trying to Achieve is how do I get to do more with Mm -hmm. the same constrictions? Right. I I feel deeply myself that what I find is the thing that prevents people from greatness Mm -hmm. is hesitation.
3: Right. Tell us more about that.
2: When I say hesitation, is that people don't just go all in because you don't feel like you have all the information. You don't know if you're going the right direction. You don't know if the North Star is really the North Star you should be going for. Right. So there's always moments of hesitation. Yeah, Am I really doing the right thing? Is mm. this a waste of my time? Yeah. Maybe I'm being delusional. Is this goal worthy enough for me? Yeah. Am I worthy enough for this goal? Like you have so much of this mental chatter that comes mm. up. And it's, you know, what I've noticed as a pattern as an answer to all this is just do. Like Mm -hmm. pick something, figure it out, make a decision, go. The learnings you get from just not hesitating by going towards it Mm -hmm. is going to take you further than whatever direction course you would have done if you would have learned just a little bit more. Yeah. And so, as I'm interviewing more people, I'm realizing that message gets repeated. Yep. And one thing that I would really wish that people realize as they're listening to these, like if whether you're someone that studies a ton of podcasts, I think you start seeing these patterns in yep. the people you interview. I mean, even yourself, as you're doing this, I'm sure the story seems to be similar. Sure. And then there's a lot of people that might be sitting on that fence of hesitation. And I'm realizing that the doing, the experiencing, is what really gets you to discover what that next step needs to be. Mm-hmm. And you can adjust the North Star there. So out of the question where you said, you know, what have I been starting to notice? Mm -hmm. I'm starting to notice that they keep repeating similar patterns, which is around purpose, values, and trying to find yourself. I feel that we're always trying to take away that hesitation. Mm -hmm. And I think the best course correction is to once you find something that you thought resonated with you, like maybe it resonated 60 Pretend it's a hundred percent and do something. <laughs> I love that. And then if you feel stuck, go back and listen to someone saying probably the same thing in a different way. And maybe yep. that's what you need to hear. Amazing. I love that.
3: The quote that's coming out to me is more is lost to inaction than, than right action or wrong action. Absolutely. But yeah. So that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. You mentioned North Star quite a bit. What's your North Star?
2: No clue. <laughs> and, I, and I and I want to say that because I want to also give space for people to realize that I don't think you ever know where exactly I mean I wish I could have been here and said like, well, actually the coordinates are the coordinates are <laughs> the <60 coordinates>. <laughs> of and, and it's right there. It's been there my whole life. When I was born, somebody gave me a map, and this is where I've been going, it's yeah. going pretty well.
3: Oh, that'd be so refreshing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Would it? Good question. Would it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like I feel like right now I feel like everybody be is, is probably sitting I've sat on this a lot. Mm. Like, listen, I'm someone who loves speaking I'm like very comfortable in front of a camera and I sit at times and I'm like am I doing the right thing should I be more I wish someone would just tell me Jason this is what you need to do yeah now go <laughs> but the fact is, is that answer will usually come from you mm-hmm. so if you ask me what's my north star right now is I actually want to work on building my personal brand right and so I, I work, like I said, with Lifebook. I set a lot of goals around that. And mm-hmm. I said, okay, what can I do right now that would get me closer to being clear on building my personal brand? Mm-hmm. And But then it always comes with a duality because there's a part of me that says, oh, do I really want to build a personal brand? Then I get judged and watched for everything that I do. Will it take mm-hmm. away my freedom? Competing values. Right. Mm-hmm but I'm like, stop the mental chatter. I'm like, I'm going to go towards this direction and figure things out. Mm. So now what I've said is like, okay, I want to build a personal brand. I want to get my message out. A lot of what I speak is things like selling is the greatest expression of love, Um, you know, impact, productivity, taking away people's hesitation. Like, I'm able to take these ideas from people, synthesize it, communicate it in a way that's pretty clear. So I'm like, how can I get closer to that? Mm. So I'm like, okay, this quarter I'm going to, I'm going to land five speaking engagements. I'm going to accept every invitation to join on podcast or any way that I can get my message out. And I'm going to start a cadence of distributing content. Mm -hmm. I'm like, these are simple things I can do right now Mm. that would align to that North Star right now, which is build a stellar personal brand. Awesome. Good. What will it be next quarter? don't know. Mm-hmm. but this is the action I'm taking now and I try to set it in a quarterly fashion so quarterly goals I mean I have my annual goals mm-hmm. and building that personal brand it was like an annual goal for 2019 mm-hmm. yeah and then at every quarter I'm like what can I do to get me closer to that sure um, and I, if I look at you know if I look at 2018 mm-hmm. it was a very different North star mm-hmm. that was a year where I was more into a kind of find yourself it was a different chapter Mm -hmm. so the north star there was self-mastery self-awareness right and i I want to give this as a contrast because this year i feel like i'm quite centered quite grounded because Mm -hmm. i did a lot of foundation work last year yeah so now this year i'm like let's go do something bold in my career Mm -hmm. and do something that could be really fun and i think personal brand building is something i could do really well yeah but before that the the one that i had was get self-mastery get self-awareness how do Mm -hmm. i do that Dive deep into spirituality. Dive deep with Professor Rao. I even read The Course in Miracles. Do exercises that just blew my mind. Yeah, it's a deep book. <sighs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I've read it once. I'm halfway through the exercise. I have about a quarter left. I've actually put it aside. Yeah, And I've realized, okay, I've done a lot of this. I need to park this. And I'm going to work on something mm-hmm. that's more in this reality. This physical, tangible Experience of, and that's why I'm like, okay, I want to see what I'll do in the career space.
3: Yeah, I think it's really poetic as well in terms of what you're referring to, because again, coming back to leaning into the models concept, there is so much that can help you, Mm. and even just surrendering that awareness that hey, actually, like this has gotten me this far, and I don't have to complete this chapter right now. Actually, what will serve me is like coming back out of the cloud putting in some tools in place. I know that will always be there for me. Yeah. That's a really deep process, bro. There's, um, something you touched on there, which I think may have, you know, I think when I first heard it definitely triggered me and I was like, Oh, okay. There's a trigger there. Jace, let's go do this podcast, (laughs) (laughs) which is sales as an expression of love. Mm. Yeah. Tell us more about that.
2: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I I love sales. I said that at the beginning, I still love it today. Mm. And, uh, You know, I think a lot of people have so many models and beliefs around the idea of sales. I mean, there's a lot of negativity around it. There's been a lot of abuse around it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I genuinely feel that, you know, everything that we take for granted today that's been ever created has come from the result of the sales activity. Right. Like any kind of, if you're watching this on an iPhone, Mm -hmm. there was a man that had a vision that he needed to sell to a lot of investors, Mm -hmm. to a lot of employees, to you to be able to purchase a device that drive innovation. And it even goes beyond that. Like somebody had a vision that they were going to, um, they were going to build a train that crossed the nation. There was somebody that decided to unite Europe and into a European union. And and then all these ideas are all things that had to be sold to people. And, you know, most of us will focus on the used car salesman <laughs> that experience. But it even goes beyond that. Like most people... Might not realize this, but if you think back when you were younger mm-hmm. and you wanted something, and I'm from the generation that wanted things like the Super Nintendo or the Nintendo 64, <laughs> or I wanted to play yeah. Mario Kart, right? Yeah. And you know, if you had best this, game ever, by Truth. the way, right. <laughs> and so if you've had this experience where you know your parents may, might have been in a position where they weren't able to get that toy or that thing you wanted, so buy that new bike, and then as a kid, you are a natural salesperson. So what do you do? Can I get that PlayStation? Can I get that <laughs> Nintendo? And the parents are like, no, not now. It's okay. And then, please, please, please. Can I get it? Can <laughs> I get it? And then you become this very adamant and very unskilled, unconscious salesperson, yeah. but very persistent because you're yeah. communicating a this Oh Odule,
3: household chores.
2: But is it possible, just possible that mm-hmm. there might've been a moment where your parents said, hey, no means no, stop asking.
3: Right.
2: Belief. Yeah. If I sell too much or if I keep asking or communicating my needs and wants, I will not receive love. I will be scolded. I shouldn't do that. It's painful. Right. And so I think when it comes to sales, a lot of hurt, fear, guilt, shame, all those things get embedded through it. And then you'll look for that evidence. So then when your first car purchase becomes a very emotional moment, and there's always going to be someone who will make you feel like what you bought has an error. That's not the perfect purchase you could. It was a used car. Uh, but at the same time, you also need to look at the needs of the person that's a salesperson. So, a used car salesman, I, I remember there's this this video on YouTube where it shows a guy going to buy a used car, and the guy's like, it's $2,000. He's like, come on, come on, come on. And I'm going to walk away. Then the guy's like, okay, I'll give it to you for like $1,800. He's like, deal, I got the deal. Yeah. And then that sales guy goes home, and the, the mother's like, how much money did you make? He's like, she's like, you gave him the friend's price again, did you? He's like, yeah. She's like, what are we going to eat tonight? Mm. Perspective. Yeah. So, you know, when I say selling from love, I say, first off, let's take away the charge of sales. Mm. I say sales is an energy exchange. That's it. Yeah. It's an exchange of energy. And it means that you will offer something for an exchange of something else. So let's say it's a good in exchange for money, mm. but there's another piece of currency that goes into it, which is emotion, the mm. vibration. And for those who love incorporating both business and kind of spirituality, this is where it becomes beautiful Mm. because I think in any exchange you communicate with someone you sell, then there's an energy you come with it and there's various scale. And if you've ever seen power versus force, it talks about the different vibrations. Listen, if you're coming in and I'm selling to you and I'm like, I'm hesitating. I'm having, I'm like, I'm feeling uncomfortable selling. You're going to feel these vibrations and then you'll get it on a subliminal level. Right. So But then there's different vibes. And one of the ones that I want people to aspire to is selling from love. Hmm. How do you sell from love? Well, on the way there, you're going to hit pride. Hmm. When you sell from pride, that's when you see a lot of manipulation because you're selling yourself. Um, But if you're open to it, I can give you the model of what are the three loves you need to be able to sell from love. Absolutely. The first one's the biggest one. And it's funny because I usually spend the least amount of time on it because it's the one that I was struggling with most. (laughs) Self-love. You know, it's, you gotta be very strong on who you are, what you stand for. And then when you do that, you'll understand that you'll align yourself with something to sell that you truly believe in. Right? Everything. (laughs) So number one, love yourself. Yeah. Now, once you have self-love, you'll know you'll be looking to sell something that is a product that you love. Mm -hmm. You need to love the product itself. Yeah. And this is where there's two schools of thoughts. One that I think is not so good, which is um, if you gotta fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. So if you have a product that let's say, like, and, and everybody's worth is subjective. But let's say the person that's about to buy it, the worth to them would be $100, but you're selling it for $200. Mm-hmm. There is languaging that you can use to make them understand that it is worth 200 and you can make that transaction happen. Mm-hmm. But it won't feel good to them. It won't feel good mm-hmm. to you. And that's where my second school of thought that I encourage people to adapt is that if the product doesn't fit the needs fix the product. Absolutely. Just fix the product. Yeah. And a cool exercise that I would give for people here is that if you're dealing with a product and a lot of people might be coaches, they might be Mm -hmm. selling themselves. Right. Yeah. And let's say your fee is $500 an hour and -hmm. you're finding it difficult to sell it to people. It usually has to do with your own self love. So go back to the first one. Right. But here's the exercise that can be really useful. If you're finding hesitation with people, understanding the value you give them for $500 an hour. Mm. Imagine that you're selling it for $5,000 an hour. Hmm. What would it take for it to be worth $5,000? Make a list of what would you have to include in that one hour so that for $5,000, it would be worth it. Mm. Go crazy. Think about it. You're going to get a $5,000 check. What things can you throw in there? Start throwing everything in. Mm -hmm. Then when you have that list, go back to the fact that it's $500 Mm -hmm. and start seeing what are the things that you've put on that list? What are the actual costs? And Mm -hmm. what can you actually include? Implement. And then what you might find yourself realizing is actually there's a couple of things that bring the cost up to maybe around $600, but now I realize that I have an incredibly beautiful offer for $1,000. Mm. So you might see your rate go up yeah. and you'll start building a package that delivers more value to the person Incredible. first. So fix the product, make it as beautiful to fit the needs of the last part of the equation, which is love the stakeholder. And I use that word with intention. I used to say love the client, Mm -hmm. but there's a problem with that. I want to say love the stakeholder. Mm -hmm. Um, When I say that as a stakeholder, love the person that will be impacted by the sale. Right. And this is where we get into models of integral theory, bringing Ken Wilber's work, and it's understanding what is your level of consciousness. Mm -hmm. If I need to feed my family tonight, my client is me. Yeah. right. I don't care who I'm selling to. If I'm in the streets of uh, like the streets of New York, mm-hmm. or I'm in the streets of India, or yeah. I'm in the streets of wherever in the world, and I need to feed my family, I am going to take that that fake Rolex and I'm going to sell it to you for two hundred dollars, sure. and I will make as many sales as I can. And I don't care about you. Makes sense. So then you're like, okay. Well then what's the solution? Mm-hmm. The solution is abundance. Yeah. How does abundance come across? Well, here's where it gets really interesting. You start. The first needs you need to satisfy is your own. Mm -hmm. So you're going to operate from that selfish place. If you have a bit more abundance, then you'll start realizing, hey, it's not just about me, but it's about the entire company. So if you're working in a company, you start saying, I love selling this because I love making this company successful because I believe in this company. Mm -hmm. A major threshold here is where it truly becomes about the client you're selling to. Yep. When you start selling to that client, you genuinely care and love the person you're selling to. You will only sell to them when you genuinely understand that whatever it is that you're selling them mm-hmm. is worth, worth more than what you're asking in return. Yeah. Do you know what balances the equation? Totally. The love. It's the vibration of love. So if you're giving something that's worth 300 to that person right mm-hmm. now and you know it's costing 200, then the extra 100 is love for you, love for me, renewable energy makes the world even more abundant. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you a question. How, who is the stakeholder for someone like Elon Musk? Society as a whole. Right. It's every single thing. human being. He wants to make humanity an interplanetary species because yeah. he gives a fuck mm. about the entire human species. Yeah. How much is Elon Musk worth? Oh, pfft. Who knows? Yeah. It's it's up there. Society's network. (laughs) I I might be crazy. I might be just making a weird coincidence, but isn't it fascinating that the more people you include in your stakeholders, there seems to be a correlation with abundance?
3: Yeah. It
2: makes a lot of sense. For example, you're creating a podcast here. Isn't it a coincidence that the more people listen to the podcast and are motivated, the more your vision is to get as many people to listen to this, to get empowered by these ideas, Mm -hmm. motivate you to create even more, which drives even more value. And then it actually has a correlation to your own financial abundance as well. Absolutely. So this is the kind of secret key is that when you raise that vibration to include as many people as possible, it typically leads to sustained increases in financial abundance. Mm-hmm. So if you can increase the stakeholder to be as large as possible, it's like, wow, when I make that sale, if you're in real estate, let's say, and like if I sell this house, it's not just about selling a house to this client, but it's about doing an honest transaction about the true value of a property that's mm-hmm. going to change the value of every property in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. which is going to increase the amount of taxes that are collected from this neighborhood, making the economy run, mm-hmm. making the governments operate more effectively, making society as a whole and making this the greatest neighborhood in the world to make it part of the greatest mm-hmm. country in the world, to make it part of the greatest world we could ever be. And what did you do? You closed a real estate deal. Try selling with that energy and yeah. tell me what your closing ratio is. Like. <laughs> I mean, if I come to you and say, do you understand that by buying this property, which I truly feel is at the fair market value, you're going to have a great home for yourself. but not only that, you're going to be part of the most incredible movement of society, which is capitalism, which I truly believe is one of the most magical systems to make the world work today. Mm. I'll be like, Give me the pen. <laughs> like, are you kidding? Yeah. Um, and so that's the model. It's I think it's
3: amazing that third step as well, because it really connects people to their why yeah.
2: in terms of why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. So Yeah. And so I think once you start having more people coming from that space, mm-hmm. even if you're starting from a place where, you know, all I need to do is feed my family and pay rent, yeah. you start saying, hey, it seems like people who decide to care beyond that seem to attract better results Mm -hmm. so you start considering the possibility that i'm going to try caring a bit more about what i'm doing and then you'll start to see that there are shifts in the energy approach everything yeah and then you start seeing abundance kind of trickle into your life as well
3: yeah i think that's really profound thank you so much for sharing that with us i think there is like the subcontext to what you just said in terms of Yeah, like when you're in a place of lack or in a place of wanting and then try to sell from that place, there's only so far that energy can really get you. And I've seen that transpire in my life in many different times. Like Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily love sales, but on the back of this conversation, I will revisit this and have a whole other little download around (laughs) it. Um, But, yeah, I've realized that actually when I've not had to sell and just been like, actually, my lights are on, my rent is paid, I'm good. But if there's something you need help with, then, yeah, I'm actually your guy, then I can help you with that. But only if you really need help with it because I've got other things to do with my time anyway. And when I'm legitimately ready to just walk away because I've got other things that I can invest my time in, Mm -hmm. that's when the sales just start ticking over and it's like boom, boom, boom. It's like, okay, now I'm, like, backing off clients. Like, like, it's okay, I'm good. Like, I actually can't take more work on at the moment. Mm -hmm. But that's because I've created something in the space where I'm actually looked after. I'm serviced in that keeps my self-love kind of ticking over and my self-worth is
2: and for. And it, it also, you know, a parallel to this would be if somebody doesn't believe in this whole vibration of love energy, let's go back to something that's been more clinically proven mm-hmm. or been used as a model that people maybe understand more. Think about Maslow's Pyramid of Needs, yeah. right? You're talking about the basic needs or your physiological needs. I don't care about feeding the hungry and taking care of the world's mm-hmm. environmental issues if I need to eat tonight yeah. and I need a clean place to be able to have shelter. Like you need to take care of those needs first. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, there's some compassion you need to extend. And for someone who is in a position that they've had those needs taken care of, understand that every activity you make and do that actually takes care of as many people as possible, you're raising the vibration of the entire planet. So you're literally creating a ripple effect. That's bringing everybody along. You're the tide that rises every day.
3: <laughs> I love that. And in there, I think there's a really cool thing that what you really holding space for, in my humble opinion, is permission. Mm-hmm giving people permission like you mentioned this before in terms of like just letting it be love and giving yourself permission to ask for what you want, Mm. ask for what you need. And I think even being in the personal development space, like I think this is some of the most profound work that happens in my humble opinion is when people are just given permission to be themselves, Mm. you know, like innately. Yes, there's a whole batch of work that you should be doing on yourself and could be doing on yourself and should and could are interesting words in that space. Exactly. Why? Because it's, you're pretty much perfect where you are. And yes, there's always somewhere further to get along to, but having that permission, And no one can give that to you. Mm -hmm. Only you can give that to you. And I think even just having the permission to asking for what you want and realizing that actually this is just me loving myself enough to be like, Hey, I can help you. Or, Hey, like I would like this product at this price. And just having that permission
2: is is really deep. And and there's something else that's going to happen once you start living this. And let's we can talk about it in this context of sales, because Mm -hmm. I think it makes it concrete, but you'll realize it trickles in every area of your life. Life. You start being who you are, Mm -hmm. realize that people will not like you. start saying what you want Mm -hmm. and you're going to see people will say no in the sale. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Are you comfortable with that? Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about the rejection part of the sales equation here. So when someone says no to you, what is your response? I'm not enough. Mm -hmm. I messed it up. And a simple realization might be that whatever it is that you have to offer Mm -hmm. is not in the needs or the value that they can recognize. So whether you didn't, there was a translation issue, which Mm -hmm. is, They weren't in a space to understand the value that was being given to them and the transaction didn't happen. Mm. That's okay. The ways you should look at it is for one, you can be very okay with that. Realize that maybe this person doesn't have that need. So if they don't have that need, the value they would get out of the transaction, even if it's $20 for them, it was zero. They didn't need it. It's not about you. There wasn't any need. Mm. The other one is realizing "Hmm, maybe I wasn't able to use a language that translates the value into a way they would understand that if it was $20 to them, it was truly worth 50 and they should do it. Mm. And that's when your growth comes into play. Yeah. Now you want to get curious about sales techniques. You want to get curious about marketing. You want to get curious about all the, and these are basically tools of empathy. Mm. You're basically learning. What is the language that is required for people to understand yep. that what I'm giving them is going to truly make their lives better, help them. Now it's your duty to start realizing, okay, when you get that feedback and you're like, maybe it's a translation issue. Mm. I mean, if you walk into a new country and you don't you walk into Paris, you don't speak French, person only speaks French, and you're trying to tell them you need to use the washroom <laughs> and they say get out of my house, you're like you're not saying, I'm not enough. <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking, I need a translator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a really good way of putting so it. So that's really that's way that's, way that's one thing, thing that as people step into be more clear of who they are, what they want, mm-hmm. that rejection will happen. Uh-huh. And then you'll just end up finding your tribe.
3: Mm-hmm. Amazing. Can I ask you now, like, what are some of the deepest insights that you wish to share? Is there anything that's burning other than around sales and, and love and then obviously hesitation and busting through that sort of stuff? What else is there in there that you really have perhaps been informed by being at Mind Valley being in that ecosystem or perhaps through your interview process or just something that's coming up for you?
2: Oh my God. I, I think the most relevant one at this time right now, I've been deeply obsessed with learning about things such as, uh, meaning of life. Mm -hmm. Um, this whole idea of purpose uh, and also, uh, masculinity, Mm-hmm. They've been three big things I've been trying to get curious about, and I love mm-hmm. that we spoke of curiosity earlier on because to me it's one of my fundamental yeah. like values. I love being curious. I mm-hmm. think that's really brings a sense of fascination to Definitely. all the good, the bad. The fact is, is, I went through some like a, I went through a bad chapter in a relationship right now, and it was like there was a big gap in communication, trying to understand like am I. My stepping into who I am and integrating both feminine, I mm-hmm. mean, you know, what's the meaning of this? I'm going through suffering, and it got me to question myself a lot. But mm-hmm. I I started following a lot of different people's work, and I, I started getting really curious. And, and Some of the ones that I think would be really useful for people to, who's listening could look into is um, Have you heard of an author called Jordan Peterson? Oh. <laughs> I love these concepts, yeah. which is, you know, and I think this leaves it as a really cool action item for people is that the whole idea of purpose, meaning of life, all that stuff mm-hmm. just starts it off the gate. He's like, life is suffering. Mm-hmm. And then it leaves people with an icky feeling But he's mm-hmm. like, but you know, maybe I can just pick up a rock and just move it there. And as useless as I am, at least I was able to do that. Mm. And I think it's a beautiful message of understanding that we don't have control. Mm. We have to surrender Uh the meaning of life. You never really get clear hundred percent on it, but it seems that when you start getting into this energy of just doing something that seems to make more sense, take more responsibility, there seems to be a joy that comes from that, a sense of purpose that comes from that, a meaning through the suffering and a learning throughout the whole process and I think that leaves me in so much of a state of fascination, mm. um, and I think that would be a very useful thing for people listening to embrace. Is just listen, just just get moving, do something, mm. do something different, take on responsibility, take an action. It's great. She's, yeah,
3: even when you mentioned that, like the whole masculine, like masculinity and taking responsibility mm. is like such a deep topic. And he's got a massive male following, and to the point almost where he's been criticized for having such a male following. But I think therein lies, like it's not really his fault that so many then our young, like in our generation feel disenfranchised from shouldering responsibility. Yeah. And, you know,
2: and and that's, you know, the beautiful thing that I think is happening is we've been seeing these awakenings between women, like conscious women, circles, Mm -hmm. women, entrepreneurship. We're, we're bringing that equality with women and it's so amazing. It's perfect. And, I think men are going to be the next ones that are going to realize that, Hey, we need this too. Yeah. Um, because I think if we start having a lot of men start connecting better with themselves, with other men and getting through these awakening themselves, I think it's going to make us catch. I think women are ahead of men right now. I think <laughs> they've
3: people. always been ahead of well, men. Okay, to be ahead. Always.
2: I mean, like if we go you back know. in history, there's always been oppression, right? But yeah. then I look at consciousness levels today. I feel like women are really... Much Busting much. through <sighs> stuff. And it's great. It's amazing. But as men, we should be looking at resentment. We should be looking at what are the what are, what are the seeds of genius that mm-hmm. they've been doing that we should be replicating. And I think yeah. that embodiment of masculinity, that creating that space that for us to grow from being just whiny boys to men taking responsibility is an mm-hmm. equal... Responsibility on our part to make the world a better place. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. I feel like genuinely
3: we've just scratched the surface and we <laughs> just, just keep going because, yeah, and I think a lot of that, you know, just comes down to just how curious you are you know not like i curious but just in general curious in terms of like going deep into just you know like model systems and holding like i said before so many different thought patterns um and just learning and having as just your lifestyle needing to see through and just seeing what settles to the top and then obviously the added bonus of doing so much work on yourself through that as well Man, brother, love you, love your vibe, love everything about, yeah, just what's come out of this conversation. And I always knew it was going to be a yummy one. Um, but, yeah, so I really want to thank you for your time and your energy here today, bro. Thanks, okay. And uh, also just taking a moment to acknowledge just all the work you've done on yourself. You know, just all the work and all the little bits of gratitude that need to enforce, need to be there to enforce the conversation that we've had today. So thank you. And just wishing you all the best for what's coming up. For those that want to tune in to Jason Campbell, what's the best way for them to do that?
2: You know um all social media channels, the easiest thing is J-A-S Campbell17. Jace Campbell17. You can find it on Instagram, Facebook. Um, sure. if you look into Mind Valley, look at the mentoring at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where you can find hundreds of interviews between both myself and authors and Vision and himself. And just get curious about Mind Valley. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's beyond me here. Yeah. What we're really trying to do is raise the consciousness of the planet. Get put in some work in yourself get clear on yourself I've mentioned Lifebook you've mentioned Lifebook I'd say have a look at the life, really incredible. life.mindvalue.com there's a free assessment go and check it out see where you stand and start working thank you brother
3: hey tribe thanks for tuning in to another fun enlightening episode of the inspired evolution I've been loving all the feedback and personal stories of love uh, health and growth your feedback and stories are incredibly welcome The easiest way to connect with me is via my website, which is www.amrit-sandu.com. You can leave me a message or a comment. It's one of my highest values to connect, so I love to connect and love to hear from you. You can also find me on Facebook, Amrit Sandu. And if the content has been resonating with you, you can help the Inspired Evolution out in a big way by liking the YouTube channel, subscribing to the Inspired Evolution or the Facebook page, like that, please, at The Inspired Evolution, or by leaving a review on iTunes if you're on an Apple device. And also, if The Inspired Evolution episodes are inspiring an evolution within you, or you can feel the inspiration is valuable for your team to evolve to the next level, you can head on over to www.amret-sandu.com to see how The Inspired Evolution can help you and your team thrive. Much love, tribe.